Did I ask that before? I think so. Okay. Hello, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Claire. And I'm Mari. And together we're the host of the Yellow Ranger Fan Club, a monthly pop culture podcast about being female, Asian, and dorky. So are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? We are ready. We are ready. We are ready. Okay. So, uh, fun question. What flavor ice cream are you? Oh, what flavor ice cream am I? Hmm. I would have to say strawberry. Strawberry. Why? Um, a little bit tart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Huh. By the way, we're just, like, asking BuzzFeed quiz questions. <laughs> Uh, I think, like, if I were a ice cream flavor right now, I am feeling, let's say, chocolate mint. Ooh. Yeah. I feel like I've been talking for a while, and uh, I know this is just the beginning of the podcast, but we've been hanging out, and I <laughs> kind of need a breath mint. <laughs> I do, too. No judgment. <laughs> So uh, I totally have eaten mint ice cream as breakfast before <laughs> to get away wow. from <laughs> like needing to brush my teeth. I'm like, oh, I'm in a hurry. I have mint ice cream in the fridge. <laughs> uh, that's, that's intense. I feel like that's like adulting 101. Do you have ice cream for breakfast? Yes or no? <laughs> or do you brush your teeth like a normal person? <laughs> Okay, well, anyways, uh, back onto the podcast. In our first episode, I don't think we can get away from why are we called the Yellow Ranger Fan Club, right? So in case y'all don't know about the Power Rangers, I'm going to ruin it for you. Um, but Spoiler you've had, alert. I know, but you've had like 27 seasons, so I don't... 27 seasons. 27 seasons, still ongoing. Really? Uh, at least according to this website that I was looking at. That is decades. PowerRangers.fandom.com. Thank you. Uh, we are on Power Rangers Beast Morphers. Okay. That sounds like it would sell toys. Wow. <laughs> but we're actually going to be talking about kind of the first one, right? Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That's kind of our focus, and that's where we drew our name from, is the first episode, or episode, first season. Jesus. Um <laughs> It's been a day. Um, so, yes. So, it ran from 1993 to 1994. It starred Austin, St. John, Twee Trang, Walter Emmanuel Jones, Amy Jo Johnson, Jason David Frank, and David Yost as the red, yellow, black, pink, green, and blue rangers. And these were teenagers with an attitude. This is tagline from the TV show. And essentially, it's kind of a monster of the day, um, I guess, of the week format. Mm-hmm. In which they generally have a monster that they're trying to beat. Um, there's like an overarching villain, and yeah, it's it's a pretty simple formula. It's really cool. It's a lot of action packs, lots of great costumes from the monsters, a lot of great fun. But I think amongst them was Tui Trang, who was Trini Kwan, the Yellow Ranger, and she is the person that we are going to be talking about today. So she was one of the first few people that I could see on TV at the time that was Asian, that looked like me, that was, you know, she's just cool and kind of a gal I could hang out with. I was a hero. 
Yeah, and she was a hero. And a main character. Um, and a main character. Right. Uh, main character-ish? I mean, she was the main ensemble. Right. It was a very low-budget <laughs> TV show, <laughs> relatively speaking. None of the actors were actually union, which became kind of a huge controversy as um, Power Ranger franchise like exploded, but the actors themselves were not paid well at all. I think it was $600 a week or something like that. Wow. Yeah, it was it was really awful. And when they tried to renegotiate, they just got cut because they're not unionized. So back to the happy parts. <laughs> One interesting thing about uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is that a lot of the cutscenes were taken from a Japanese show, which is very similar, and what this is based off of, it's the Japanese Super Sentai series, Kyoryu Sentai Zoo Ranger. So that's what they took the, the scenes from and put them into our Power Rangers, what yes. we know as the Power Rangers. What we know America. as the Power Rangers. And so actually in Taiwan, where um, I spent part of my childhood in, they would show the Japanese version. So imagine how confused I was <laughs> when I came to the U.S. And I was like, these are like the same, but not the same. Like, wait, who are these white kids? <laughs> <laughs> I was very, very confused for a little bit, but, you know, kids are adaptable. There was fighting. It was good. Um, the Yellow Ranger in the Japanese version was actually a guy. So if you look at the cutscenes, um, the Yellow Rangers doesn't have the skirt like the Pink Ranger does. Ah, but the Pink Ranger in the Japanese version is a girl? Yes, or, uh, yes, because even, even in a galactic superhero, pink is a gendered color. <laughs> Uh, it's so bad. I just thought about it now. Uh, anyways, we're going to go back to um, Tui Trang. Um, she had a really interesting background, and she feels like the quintessential Asian-American stories. Her story does not end very happily. That's a spoiler alert for you guys as well. But she is, I think, a very important part of Asian-American, especially Asian-American girl identity growing up in the U.S. in the 90s. So she actually was a refugee from Vietnam with her families. She left Saigon with her family when she was two and lived in a Hong Kong detention center while they were coming to the U.S. At one point, they were um, on a boat for eight to nine months, and the other passengers thought she was dead because she refused to eat, and they were trying to throw her overboard. <laughs> Eight to nine months? Months, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it was really intense. They, It took a lot for them to come to the U.S. and to really make a life. And her father encouraged her to study Shaolin Kung Fu when she was nine. And um, in interviews with um, Tri Trang, she really credited that to like her finding her inner balance. Mm -hmm. Also just being a badass, and that's how she like owned the Power Ranger audition. <laughs> Apparently she like jumped up into like a table <laughs> and did her audition there. It was it was very cool. She really fulfilled the kind of the model minority stereotypes in which she got a scholarship to study civil engineering at UC Irvine. So that was like her original plan. Unfortunately, her father died of cancer in 1992, and I think somehow through grieving or just trying to figure out that she had a chance run in with a Hollywood agent and decided to do, um, I 
180 away from going to engineering at UCI and go into acting. At the time, Tranks was one of the few Asians on TV, and that was not unnoticed. And this is a quote from another interview with her. She said, Asians are not portrayed in the media very well, and there are not many roles for Asian people except for the stereotypes, gangsters, hookers, things like that. A lot of older Asian people come up to me and say that I'm doing a service for the Asian community. And I think that really speaks true, right? Like, as an Asian girl growing up, like, I can look up to her and be like, yes, Asian girls can be strong. They can be beautiful. They're smart. She was very, very smart on the show. She could hang out with the engineer, um, which is the Blue Ranger at the time. <laughs> I think that was, like, really cool for me. It's like, well, I can, I can be a hero too, right? Seeing yourself reflected in media is super important. I, I really think so. It, it can really make a difference. Yeah, I think a lot of the times people make fun of it. It's like, it can't be that important, right? Like, it's just something fake on TV. Like, first of all, why are you watching so much TV? Shouldn't you go and do something else <laughs> active, like go play baseball or something? But, you know, being able to envision yourself in, like, another role or have a role model to look up to that you can see yourself becoming is so important, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise... You know, where would we be? Why would it have stories at all? <laughs> um, but it's incredibly valuable. Yeah, I, I really do think it's incredibly valuable to have that and kind of why we're dedicating our podcast name to her. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, um, she was the Power Ranger for about a season and a half. But after payments dispute, she was replaced by Karen Ashley. Since then, um, there actually hasn't been another Asian Yellow Ranger, but we still, a lot of times when we talk about Yellow Ranger, like, she's made such an impact that we do automatically, like, imagine her in that iconic role. Mm. So, unfortunately, her career never took off outside of Power Rangers, um, but she did teach martial arts techniques to Newt Gingrich and other representatives in the 104th United States Congress during the Clinton administration. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have expected that. All right. I kind of want to know, like, what led them to be like, you know what we need? We need a class to learn martial arts. For, like, From a Power Ranger. From the Power... Okay, she was a martial artist before. So, so keep in mind, like, she did her own stunts and things like that. Which is amazing. Which is amazing. But, like, I want to know, like, who was just like, oh, you know what we should do for our Congress, like, as a team outing? Martial arts. <laughs> Basically, I just like to imagine um, Nancy Pelosi, like, karate chopping people. <laughs> and so she was also interviewed for a documentary, The Encyclopedia of Martial Arts, which talked about Asian martial art history and influences on Hollywood film industry. Um, I haven't been able to locate a copy of that, but I would really, really like to watch it, um, given the opportunity. Um, and because you can't truly fully escape stereotypes, um, other films she was in was Spy Hard, where she was a manicurist, and she was actually at first credited incorrectly, which is really awful. And that was in 1996, so I think it's really sad because she went from the most recognized Asian person on screen, like one of the most recognized persons, to playing an extra. Yeah. yeah. But then she got a more a larger role in um, the movie The Crow, City of Angels. It's a sequel to the original Crow. 
and uh, it was not a very good movie. It had 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. Yeah, but um, I did actually look at the clip in which she was in, in which she had some really, really cool fight scenes, and honest to God, I think she should have won. <laughs> <laughs> She was in these, like, crazy heels, right? Like, she was in huge, like, Jeffrey Campbell heels. And she was, like, still roundhousing, like, the best of them. But then she, her character got killed because, like, her foot broke, got broken by this guy. Anyways. And then um, she gets tossed out of a window where she bleeds out in a crow-shaped pattern. Uh, which actually um, now brings us into kind of the tragic story is that she died at the age of 27 in a car accident in 2001. Her funeral was actually largely uh, ignored um, by the media because the day after her funeral on September 11th, 2001 was, well, September 11th. Mm. Also a week before her funeral was uh, a week after Alia's, who, if you don't recall, also had a really tragic death. So September of 2001 was not good. It was also a little bit tone deaf because there was a uh, new Power Ranger movie that came out recently and it had Becky G as the Yellow Ranger and the tagline said, driver's ed not required. Oh, I know, right? Not good. Also, that's offensive. (laughs) That is actually really, really offensive. Like on so many levels. I don't know who allowed that copy edit. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of groan, but... All of that doesn't take away about how important she was and how much she really, um, I guess, portrayed a really positive role model for Asian American girls and girls in general. I would like to point out that we are recording at the Bellevue Public Library. There are kids around, and um, you probably heard in the background, uh, I guess, the faint songs. I don't know what they're playing or behind screaming. us. Or screaming. I actually don't hear that much screaming, but there's, like, this faint song overhead that I can kind of hear. But anyways, yeah, who was your heroes growing up? So, growing up, definitely Margaret Cho, Mm -hmm. because she was Asian. She was unapologetically American, and she sort of tossed out the stereotypes, and that was incredible to see at the time yeah I think she's still I mean she's still active I went to see her live show I think my poor husband had to see me like crying the whole time I was like so happy and moved it's like she's so great mm-hmm. um, I think I remember an, an interview she did about All American Girl which was I think the first um, TV show on like primetime mm-hmm. that featured an all Asian cast mm-hmm. in the US or predominantly Asian or predominantly Asian, Asian yeah um, she was saying that they had to bring in a Asian consultant to teach her how to be more Asian. <laughs> and it actually was really, like, it speaks a lot of what being Asian in America feels like, right? Because you're constantly being like, no, you need to be more exotic, or there's something inherently different about you. Mm-hmm. And there was another bit in her, uh, one of her stand-ups in which she said, like, she went to a radio show, and they were like, Margaret, in your native language, can you tell us like when all American girls will be on? And she was like, um, hi, I'm Margaret Cho. 
Asian all American girl will be on Facey or something. Like she just said it in like English and they were just like crickets chirping after. <laughs> but I think yeah, she's she's a trailblazer for sure. Yeah. And she's definitely. really led the way for a lot of um, other Asian comedians, you know, Aquafina, mm-hmm. in which they did do a collaboration between her and Margaret Cho. Mm-hmm. And like Ali Wong. Mm-hmm. Ali Wong. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, we're Asian and we can speak really good English or we can speak English well. We can speak as English as much as we want. And, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And we can be funny. Yeah, we can be funny. We can be strong. And I think this really speaks. We can spe- be artists. We can be artists, yes. And um, we're not all doctors. Some of us are engineers. <laughs> Some of us are neither. Some of us are neither. <laughs> um, and I think this is really why we started this podcast, right? I think recently we've seen a lot of increase in Asian American um, culture in the public imagination. We're seeing crazy rich Asians. You know, there's fresh off the boat, mm-hmm. which has actually been like around for more than four years now. Um, and the rise of K-pop. Yeah, the rise of K-pop. And we don't, we still have a lot more to go, but we really want to celebrate, like, how far we've come as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the thesis of our podcast. And celebrate Asian American history and Asian history in general. Asian history in general. Um, and not just necessarily Asian American. Um, we'd also really want to talk about any basically Asian and Anglo-speaking mm-hmm. um, communities as well. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to sign off here. All right. Keep on listening good. to our stories, folks. So, yeah. Come on back. Come on back. But thank <laughs> Come you. to the next meeting. Come to the next meeting. But thank you for coming to this meeting. <laughs> um, please follow us on social media. We are on Facebook as YRFC Podcast, Twitter as YRFC Podcast, Instagram as Yellow Ranger Fan Club. Email us your thoughts and feelings at yellowrangerfanclub at gmail.com. Subscribe to us so you can keep up to date. Um, We'll let you know about when new episodes come out before we tell our moms. So please rate us if you like hanging out. Thanks and chat soon. Peace out. Tell us who your role models were. Yeah. Um, Yeah. When you were growing up. Or now. Or ever. (laughs) Let's celebrate Asian American culture. Thank you.